0: All right, and so what I'm finding happening here, (laughs) right, you on the listener's end, you just get the mp3 once I upload it, but what I'm finding myself doing here is I'm recording, I stop, I'm like, wait a second, no, delete, (laughs) recording, stop, wait, mm -mm, no, delete, let's make this shit happen, all right, (laughs) so... This is Tariq Nasheed. You saw the episode title. You may have heard a recent episode where I um, pointed to the fact that this was coming up. And so this is based on an upload of December 5th. Well, not an upload, a stream that, you know, live to tape, as it were, uh, that Tariq Nasheed did on December 5th. Right. And the title of the episode is Gentrifying a Culture. And what he does, he um. He opens up his episode with a long, maybe true, maybe not, maybe embellished, maybe exaggerated riff about Harlem and how he, as an L.A. dude, (laughs) right? Keep in mind, tariqs he was a gorilla pimp, if anything, but not a crip, not a blood, not really in the culture like that. But he, as an L.A. dude. Had to go to New York to see what it was really like and how much he liked Harlem and what he knew about Harlem. But what he's mostly doing there is reminding his aging audience, right? I'd say even audience members that are my age, right? I'm 38, and reminding folks like the colloquialism of Harlem in the American zeitgeist, where you think of uh, fly black people getting money. Mm -hmm. and he uses that to springboard um jumping into talking about a television show called harlem and pulling the information directly from um uh, wikipedia and imdb right getting the main basics of it is that this show harlem is an american comedy television created and executive produced by Tracy Oliver and it premiered on Amazon Prime video December 3rd. All right, so December 3rd it went up and the synopsis of the show. Uh, there's 10 episodes so far that follows um four black women that are friends. and they met while attending New York University and they're now in their 30s living in Harlem. As they try to balance love, life, their careers and as working professionals. Now, um, when I get to another day off work, I don't get a lot of those. I'm going to see if I can't watch an episode of this goddamn show myself. <laughs> you know, just see what the hell it is. But I personally really don't want to watch it. Because I hate almost everything black now like the new tales from the hood film i had a good time with that um the uh what was the candy man i had a good time with that but so many things black just fucking suck ass now especially black characters in non-black shows are utterly fucking horrific one note every single line is fucking screamed out Right? Like, it's it's definitely become the Tiffany Haddish note. Like, that is the note right now to hit. Or I shouldn't say it's the Tiffany Haddish note. It's that Tiffany Haddish has mastered hitting that note and sort of becomes, like, the, um, the archetype of this is how the black token character shows up. And then a problem beyond that with entertainment is now shows with a majority black cast and... I doubt there's an all-black cast anywhere because fucking uh, miscegenation is always a big story with fucking black shows now. Like, miscegenation be the center of the damn shows. I I fucking hate black shows now. I hate them. (laughs) Right? So, I personally don't want to view this. And so, what I may be looking at is actually viewing this show really for the sake of the podcast because we'll be coming back to this because this will be an ongoing thing mostly because the show was written by a damn near white uh black woman you know she's like two drop rule black and um and it features characters that are classified as black right and uh and black people are going to talk about this online. And frankly, I think in very counter-constructive ways. And I would say the reason for that, and Phoenix uh, Scalita and I were riffing about this too in the car, um, that shows aren't really made for audiences anymore. Right? Like, nothing that comes out anymore. I frankly don't think shit that comes out is really art, not much of it pose, I like po- pose seemed artful and historical right, like pose look like somebody actually gave a damn about what they were making for the most part everyone's just pumping out cookie cutter shit, right, it's the painter that gets paid to paint a bowl of fruit that will be photocopied and printed on a certain texture paper and then millions of this exact same bowl of fruit just go out That is what so much of, like, all black entertainment is. I'd say even independent shit, right? Like, I don't even look for black podcasters anymore because I can just listen to Breakfast Club. How many of y'all niggas just sound like fucking Breakfast Club? Or then, um... Uh, in the black podcast world, the sort of liberal... I'm not going to say progressive. The black podcast world. How many of y'all niggas just wanted to be Elon James White? Right? Like, the shit just isn't fucking cracking. Yeah, I barely look for black-led entertainment anymore outside of um, California rap. <laughs> That's where it's at. California rap is my black entertainment at this point still. And now back to tariq nasheed talking about the show harlem he's setting it up he's talking about how he went to harlem and dudes was getting money and dudes was showing love and la dudes like him had problems because um uh the guy tim dog with the song fuck compton tariq nasheed is not from compton tariq nasheed is not even from california he moved there (laughs) later in his developmental years and even at that point he moved to los angeles city los angeles county not compton he's not a crip he's not a piru he's not in the slightest bit affiliated hell he even wore a houston um houston rockets is that the 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 sports team baseball or football one of those games or the basketball but he, he wore the houston rockets and out in los angeles like that orange and that blue and that h that represents Hoover Crip. He did not wear that hat very long after that. He knows better. <laughs> and sometimes he does shoot his mouth off about that shit in counter constructive ways, right? And so let's move it on forward here because Tariq is actually going to play a um, a clip from the show, but he's also going to give what he calls his description of the show. And remember... These are conservatives.
1: Tell you something. It started off with some bullshit. Okay, the first episode, it has Megan Good. And Megan, always a beautiful sister, but look. It started off talking about the very first episode, the very first scene. They started talking about the Masu tribe in the Himalayas, out there in Asia. They were like, Megan Good was doing the narration. She was like, there's a tribe called the Masu tribe that's a, a tribe of women up in the mountains of the Himalayas, and they dominate the men, and these women have multiple male partners and they're in total control and these women are thriving and they are total control and we should learn something from the Masu women, these women who um, change up male partners anytime they feel like it. So they were trying to correlate this obscure tribe in the Himalayas of women with multiple male sex partners to try to make it seem like black women should take on that same ideology. When I, that's the very first scene. That's the very first scene. When I saw that, I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. Whenever you hear that narrative, white feminists love pushing that. They love finding some obscure tribe where the women were with a bunch of bussy-fied dudes and the women were jumping from dude to dude. It's always some random-ass tribe somewhere that's isolated, that's primitive as hell, that they want to try to correlate their primitive, backwards-ass mindset and then have us adopt that nonsense.
0: All right? All right. So what he's saying right there is not a thing at all white feminists are always trying to push that that's not real white feminists are white they push whiteness white feminists push western culture white feminists push western capitalism hell at times it seems like white feminists are pushing western patriarchy inadvertently because that goes into their their capitalism but white feminists, they don't talk about these folks. And I mean, are they really a tribe or is it's really more so a community when you actually read a little bit about these folks? And this is a part of why um I may actually have to view the show myself, right? Because Tariq didn't play the clip. He didn't say fair use and then play the clip. So we don't know what they said verbatim, what tone, how they said it, or if they were actually suggesting anything. The audience doesn't actually know that. The audience just trusts Tariq's rhetorical interpretation of it. Now, if you're in these echo chambers that I'm in and I've been around and you're probably around, uh... You may have seen these folks again, but let's just um, take a quick look again over here at India Today. All right. um, In lifestyle, India Today, lifestyle, people, story, China, Himalayan. And um, and their uh, title they have on India Today is Himalayan tribe whose women don't marry, have hookups and inherit property. Now, yeah, that that language is tacky. Right, but that that's the English modern vernacular language describing um, what what is seen. Or I'd say that's probably what uh, people doing rewrites are describing, right? Especially considering that this article is from 2017. And I remember reading about these folks when I still lived in Florida, you know, somewhere around 2013, 14. All right, but let's look at the basics of it. All right. And so they also use the language tribe here and uh, an ancient tribe in the foothills of the Himalayas. One of the one of the oldest matriarchal systems in the world and functions on rules that most consider abnormal. Uh, What they have here is uh, a world where women are treated as equals still remains but a place of fiction in in uh, in majority parts of the planet. But this glaring majority does not include a certain tribe from the far eastern foothills of the Himalayas, the Masu tribe, that hails from the southwestern Chinese area of Yunnan. Um, And it has women at the helm of its existence, and we are here to tell you all about it. So they say the female members of this tribe are, so to say, the bosses of the house who are considered uh, complete despite not getting married or living uh, with the fathers of their children. We say fathers because the Masu women can have multiple partners without the burden of, uh, shame from within their community. Stigmas, uh, around such a lifestyle, however, begin to take shape as one steps out from the confines of this tribe's whereabouts. Alright, so, um, uh, they, they take a quote from, from a Guardian article about these folks, um, the Masu are condemned as a society of single mothers end quote, uh, from, uh, from Chu Wahong, uh, for the guardian, who's a corporate lawyer turned traveler as saying, um, the Wahong, um, who's also authored a book, uh, he's, uh, Wahong, who's also offered a book titled the kingdom of women, life, love, and death in China's hidden mountains. Um, it, uh, it elucidates upon the initial tryst with the Masu women that subsequently went on for seven years. Her initial tryst. All right. Now, the Masu women are living, are living embodiments of the word matriarchal with their tribe being one of the last in the world to be so. A father of a child isn't expected to raise a child, but a man, typically the child's uncle changing diapers or bathing children isn't considered abnormal in fact men generally have a say in a household's important decisions but as per the guardian the final say is always with the grandmother all right um the women here are also in command when it comes to owning and inheriting inheriting property working at farms and running the house So, Tariq Nasheed does not mention any of that shit, right? Again, owning and inheriting property, it's important. That's a place to live, right? That's your shelter and shit. That's where you do your farming, which they mention, right? And running the house. How does the household function? How does it stay constructive? Um, The article continues. Another novel aspect of the tribe is the concept of a... of walking of wa- of walking marriage where ladies are allowed to indulge in hookups and have intercourse with male lovers generally referred to as axia these unions may or may not result in children but they uh nearly never result in marriages As progressive as the existence of the Masu tribe sounds, many believe it is on the verge of extinction due to its um, lack of practicality and an overall lack of career options for women who are expected to be the masters of the house and invest their energy into child rearing. And so they're saying it might fall apart because they ain't got enough capitalism. They just ain't got no money. But if they have... Food that they're farming and they eat it and they digest it and then they go shit it out into some soil and grow more food in it then they can keep eating and shitting that's the routine eat shit wash rinse repeat (laughs) that's it so um like unless capitalist forces fuck with them or white supremacist forces or patriarchal forces from any damn where, fuck with them. I don't really see, like, how they would end if they exist now and they've been existing intergenerationally. I'm pretty sure if you leave them the fuck alone, they'll be chilling. Like, the only thing that may fuck with them outside of uh, patriarchy, capitalism, white supremacy would be climate change which comes from patriarchy, capitalism, white supremacy. Okay. So Tariq, now she just does not have time to mention shit like that.
1: When I, that's the very first scene. That's the very first scene. When I saw that, I'm like, Oh Lord, here we go. Whenever you hear that narrative, white feminists love pushing that. They love finding some obscure tribe where the women were with a bunch of bussy dudes and the women were jumping from dude to dude. It's always some random ass tribe somewhere that's isolated. That's, primitive as hell that they want to try to correlate their primitive backwards ass mindset and then have us adopt that nonsense all right so this is what they're trying this is what they started off with hey the message is hey black women it's all right if you want to lay up with a bunch of dudes and have a bunch of baby daddies because there's another tribe out here they've been doing it for hundreds of years so it's okay for you to be like this primitive ass tribe that's that white feminism nonsense that they try to bring into the hbcus They try to promote dysfunction.
0: You understand? Here they go. So he calls that white feminism going to the HBCUs to promote dysfunction. That's the BS. Now keep in mind, Tariq Nasheed got in the game and stays in. He actually still sells copies of this book. Um, The Art of Mackin. Like, he put out a pickup artist book. And he's argued over the years that young men just have to go through a playa phase before they're ready to settle down. And then he's saying like, so they're promoting this idea that women lay up with a bunch of dudes and have all kinds of baby daddies. What the fuck comes from these young niggas going through their player phase right like again we've talked about my stupid ass manager that claimed to have gotten covid maybe he did maybe he didn't like as time went on like after i recorded that episode very pissed off like i had to interact with him via telephone several times and i don't think that he actually got it i think he's a lying fuck but he is 45 years old and just had kid number 20 that he knows of he has spent four decades, like creating, adding to—I'd say—not creating, adding to intergenerational black poverty, going through his playa phase, and then he's saying like, um, like <clears throat> like they lay they lay up with a with a bunch of like, no it isn't just a bunch of dudes it's who their partners are and and that's the thing with the patriarchy and the uh, of those ideals is that well if a woman is sexually active with anything more than just a husband then just call it a bunch of dudes it's just a just a whore slut whore with a bunch of dudes and you look at it's like so what sort of ideas are you pushing especially pushing that these young dudes just need to get out there and get sexually active what is really already happening in black poverty in the black uh working class lower working class do you not already have um a bunch of young men teenage boys out getting black women and black teenage girls pregnant And then just being off wherever the hell. And when the black baby is born, the black baby is born to not a couple in a nuclear family that I'm pretty sure y'all niggas think is very important, right? The nuclear family, very important, right? And so that black baby is born, and it has to be born with a last name, right? They have to have a last name, first, last name. That's kind of the thing. Whose last name they're taking, right? The... The street nigga that got her pregnant, that that read Tariq Nasheed's Art of Mackin. He just goes by his street moniker. She the baby takes on the mother's uh, last name. And then who's raising the kid? Right. The nigga's off doing whatever the fuck off in prison, dead or off getting someone else pregnant. So who's raising the kid? Who's making decisions in the household? Who's paying all the bills? Who's paying for child care? Who's getting everything arranged? Who's at the PTA meetings? Like, you gotta realize that... This raggedy nigga shit... This chasing of patriarchal dreams... Of just getting laid all the time... You've already created the matriarchy... That you so fucking detest. Now, Tariq Nasheed knows the truth... About what this show's really about.
1: In this series... The agenda is
0: all the way through. This is
1: really an LGBT series that they've disguised as like a woman empowerment series. All it is just like Empire. Empire is an LGBT show. This is an LGBT show that they have to finesse you into watching. Because if you look at it, most of the the, the intimate scenes, the sex scenes, involve LGBT people. Whenever you see a sex scene in the whole series, every, every time I see some of the, the sex scenes, it's always the, the, the studs laying up with each other there was one dude I, I i only watched one episode all the way through some of the other ones i literally just kind of scrolled through saw a scene saw what it was about scroll through they had one scene where the dark-skinned chick angie the, the hood radish chick was running around here talking about getting some nigga dick and there was a, a light-skinned gay man who got dumped by his boyfriend so he was feeling sad so she was like hey come help me find some big nigga dick so they walking around Running up on dudes, I swear to God, dude. I, this is something that somebody sat in a writing room and wrote. So they're, the gay man and the big hood rat are walking around to different places trying to find big niggas. I swear to God somebody wrote this. They go in the store. There's a big nigga buying some clothes. And they were like, hey, baby, I'm looking for some big nigga dick. And, and the, the hood rat is trying to holler at the, the dude. Then the gay dude is trying to holler at the dude. And then the big nigga was like, well, I already got a boyfriend. I, I swear to God, dude. <laughs>
0: I'm like, what? What? Who's writing this? So, this really an LGBT series, you see. (laughs) right and um And you look at the cover. Again, I don't want to watch this show, but I think I'm gonna have to. Because you just heard how Tariq Nasheed said he prepped to do this episode. Said he didn't even watch it, he just kind of scroll through see something see what it's about and scroll through now what that sounds like to me is is that he looked for something that he would probably not like and his audience would probably not like so he'd stop and watch that to log it in his memory bank to come sit back down and do this episode now sometimes you wonder like is Tariq Nasheed really this paranoid about gay people or is he sure that his audience is so he knows he can say this silly shit. Cause he's saying that it's disguised. It's disguised to look like a woman empowerment show, but it's really an LGBT show. Now again, he's saying it's, it's disguised. Now, i'm going over here to uh the uh what is it the the imdb all right imdb harlem series 2021 tvma mature and then what is it listed under comedy (laughs) what is it about in one sentence a group of four friends follow their dreams after graduating college together. They give you the very basics of what this probably very tacky show is. Again, I don't have any faith in this fucking show being something that I would enjoy or want to watch. But this is what you got. <laughs> All right, and it's not some sneaky thing where they're trying to, oh, we're going to we're going to get them we're gonna show them four colored gals, but when they click play, they're gonna be inundated with homoeroticism. I tells ya, that's not what they're doing, Tariq. No one's thinking about you. No one is fucking making shows trying to trick homophobes. That's just not real. That is some creepy weirdo paranoid bullshit that Francis Cress Welsing helped um, nurture, right? Like homophobia that already existed was nurtured by um, by Freudian psychologists like Francis Cress Welsing and then is is bomb- bombasted, if you will. Can I make that a word? Bombasted? Is bombasted by uh, loudmouth grifters like Tariq Nasheed. Before and after her death. And I notice he's using the word, um, they have to finesse you into watching it, right? Like that, that's the word he uses where they say, and they're hustling you. They're gaffling you, right? It's a finesse. That's like, um, how we use the word grift, right? Like that's how he uses the word finesse. Like he, either he truly believes that they're just being sneaky Or he knows that he can make his audience believe that so that he can sell them Karen keychains and DVDs. Now, let's keep in mind, um, he also said that he just scrolls through and didn't really watch the show, but he knows what most of the sex scenes are. Why are you just scrolling through shit looking for sex scenes? There is so much free porn, man. Like there's so much porn. And like, I'm, I turned 18, like on the cusp of it really exploding with higher speed internet and file sharing programs beyond Napster. Like I've seen so much free porn since the year I turned 18 that I'm like repulsed by sex scenes in movies. And I'm like, why, why do you have to have this? Like if there's a sex scene in a movie. It's like I could just fucking pull up a pornography film on the phone faster than this sex scene starts and hold it in front of the screen. And like sex scenes just look weird and over the top now. Like I'd rather go 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 um go back to the old sitcom style of showing a sex scene, right? Alan Pegg walk up the stairs and then it fades to black and shows a shot of the house. <laughs> right. And that's it. I don't actually need to see la humping. You're also, you're going to hear Tariq Nasheed's homophobic language that he uh, trained his audience to respond to. And so um, he's going to be saying bussy a lot. And I'm sure folks are familiar with that. They're like, boy, pussy, as it were, is the vernacular to my understanding. Um, He more recently, uh, definitely like within the last year, he says, uh, boochie as like a substitute for bussy because it's like coochie so like boy coochie or booty coo- coochie so he's going to be saying that as his homophobia for assumed cis men and then for assumed cis women he will be saying stud right that's, that's just that's his language and he goes on to complain about the um looking for a uh, big nigga dick as it were not really language that I prefer to use uh <clears throat> but and he's complaining because again this is the agenda right it's supposed to be women empowerment but it's actually sneakily gay stuff right it's sneaky sneaky lgbty on fleeky all right <laughs> and uh and what he's mad at is that a hetero woman interested in having a heterosexual physical encounter uh, with a man that she went and got with a a friend of hers that happens to be gay, a friend and associate, and that they saw a man and uh, approached him and uh, hit on him, as it were, and come to find out that that man is actually gay, which... Right? That's not going to happen all the time if you're going out there, like if that's what folks are doing. Uh, But that is just a simple reality of life. You may go to, uh, to approach someone hoping that they may consent to a sexual encounter and then come to find out they're gay. Or if you are gay and seeking the encounter, you find out that they are hetero. Right? Or... Or they're bi and they're just not interested in you. Right? (laughs) Like fucking or, or you're hetero they're hetero but comes right back to the they're not interested in you. People get turned down. It happens. It doesn't mean that the gay mafia is coming to put pink cement blocks on your feet nigga. Calm down. Now Tariq does not like the way the hetero men are portrayed and he thinks that this show might be a bit exaggerative
1: i I swear to god dude (laughs) i'm like what what who's writing this some of this stuff is so damn over the top dude dude i'm i'm dude if i'm lying i'm flying dude this is so over this is some bullshit (laughs)
0: And then they always have. And I didn't want to do this regular wine cellar style where I keep pausing the clips. But I must point out that this is serious, right? Like, if you really believe this ideology, this sort of neo-hotep, Francis Cress Neely Fuller, Gus T. Renegade, black conservative ideology, this is serious, This is about genocide, right? Like, this is about rape culture against hetero black men, buck-breaking. Like, so the agenda is serious. But also, Tariq, he does pauses because he's riffing, right? He's flying off the top of the head. He has a lot of the pauses. And then also, you know, these live broadcasters, they look at their own chat room. But in this particular episode, one of the reasons why he's having so many of the pauses is because he's laughing at this very serious agenda against the black family. It's funny. All right. Tariq Nasheed does not tag his show as comedy. Tariq Nasheed tags his commentary and brands himself as black empowerment. I'm comedy. I'm way funnier than Tariq. Tariq is funnier than me inadvertently. All right, I'm funnier than Tariq on purpose. All right, no need to be humble about it. And he's laughing, and then also he's seeing laugh emojis in the chat, and I can see that because you know when you watch a YouTube archive of a live stream, you can see the um the chat in real time as to how ha- when the when at what point in the video someone left a comment. And he's laughing along with all the laughing emojis that he's seeing. And you can go to YouTube and look at the episode. I have it paused right here at 34 minutes and 44 seconds. And you can see him smiling along and laughing along with the laughing emojis. Right? Because, but this is supposed to be serious. Because this this LGBT boochie stuff and these studs and this bussy popping is gonna is a feminizing the black male and emasculating the black woman and turning everyone gay and transgender and then how do you make 20 kids like Curtis <laughs> the, the um the heterosexual black man
1: is always some weird stuff going on with them so they had one the light-skinned chick from from Empire she went on a a blind date with a dude and she went to the bathroom. She left up her skin. Watch my purse. So she comes back out and he's gone. He would stole her purse. So this is this is what they're doing with the heterosexual black men. All right.
0: God, you know what? Maybe I will end up doing this like regular wine cellar. <laughs> All right. So is that not a thing that exists? Are there not people that come from impoverished backgrounds or even not impoverished backgrounds that steal? right like if if my biological niece carried a purse I yo you don't you don't just leave that around like even um even now like she has um her first wallet as an adult and a very regular thing that we're dealing with is stop putting it down it needs to always be on your person you never set your wallet down like And by on your person, I mean, anywhere you are, it doesn't go on a counter. It doesn't go on a table. It doesn't go inside a container. It's either in your hand or in your pocket. Those are the only two places your wallet can ever be when you're not at home. Right. As soon as you're out of the house, wallet in pocket, wallet in hand all the time. Right. Because, well, people steal. It's like, that's kind of just a reality, Tariq.
1: This is what they're doing with the heterosexual black men. Heterosexual black men and stole a purse
0: and a whole shebang. Now also, and the whole shebang. No, that's actually just it. He just stole her purse. That's it. There was no whole shebang. Notice how he added on something extra immediate, but something nice and vague like the shebang. Is there even such a thing as the shebang? All right.
1: This is what they're doing with the heterosexual black men. Heterosexual black men and stole up hers and the whole shebang. But listen, then they have the stud character, the Lena Waithe looking character. She meets another woman and the other woman is a stud too. And they're talking to each other. She's like, you know, I ain't never been uh, as a masculine woman. I ain't never been with another masculine woman. So then they show them doing a sex scene and they naked and both of them are bad built and they licking each other.
0: It's grotesque. Now, this is something that you're going to hear regularly on this um, Black Empowerment program is about women being bad built. Now, on this program that is about Black Empowerment for Black people, Black women having unacceptable body shapes is a regular theme on the program, particularly when it comes to entertainment Or when he disagrees with another black content creator. Except for when he disagreed with Zaza Ali. One of the first things he said was stop giving these chicks props because you want to fuck them. Right? That's my tangent right there. I think that Tariq Nasheed went on about Zaza Ali for so long because he's personally obsessed with her. Because she is actually his dream woman. Uh, She has a black father and a white mother. And she's a hotep. That is his dream woman, according to his own words that he gave on his dating advice program, Mac Lessons, where that's what he told black men to get with. Get with a black woman that has a white mother and a black father because the white mother will train her to be more couth, right? Better well behaved, but because she has a black father, she's still black. This is what Tariq Nasheed has argued, and that's what Tariq Nasheed married himself, but Tariq Nashi just married a regular teenager that he found, uh, like dead up. Like, I, I strongly believe he got with the woman he's with when she was underage. Uh, but her age, and I also think that's why her age and she's just generally kept a secret. He don't need folks knowing about that. She is such a secret. <laughs> All right. And, um, and he mentions Lena Waith, but he says, like, she's like Lena Waith. Lena Waith built. And, hey, again, so I, I've seen a little bit of this Lena Waif's work. And, no, I strongly dislike Lena Waif's work. I think that there's real critique there as far as, like, actually putting out art and good content, good acting, good voice work, good writing. And Lena Waif's work is fucking garbage. It's so whack. It's that kind of shit that, again, I think is just made for social media. It's not really made to be dope. It's not made to be the shit. It's not made to be hot. Uh, I guess hot, yeah. It is made to be hot cuz it's made to be tweetable. It's made to be memeable. Right? It's made for just bullshit hot take quotes. It's that the struggle is real type of shit. I think that sh- that show Big Mouth, they brought in uh they actually brought in Lena Waithe to essentially play herself on that show, I think around season 3 or 4. And it's horrible. It's that one note fucking belting out every line. How, hell black shit that I strongly dislike. But Tariq Nasheed does not actually analyze anything, so he doesn't fucking know that. Two bad-built women eating each other. One of you. And I'm thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, who's this scene for? I'm looking at this, I'm like, wait. Two bad built women eating each other, which, again, he said with a uh, I think they call it a shit eating grin, a big fucking grin on his face while he laughs along with the um, with the laughing emojis in the chat space. And now he's asking, who's this for? Right. Which this is something that um, is asked by Gus T. Renegade, another uh, black conservative uh, radio host that only does podcasts. They don't do YouTube. And um, and they also they asked that, like, who is this made for? And the intended answer that the listener supposed to come to is that it's supposed to be made for white supremacists. Wait a minute.
1: Who is this scene for? Because uh, you don't do nothing just to be doing it. I'm looking at these two horrific looking studs. No disrespect. But I'm like, OK, who is this scene for? You got one butch stud and then another bad bilch stud. They naked looking a hot ass mess. One shaped like Michi X is a mess. I'm like, who's this scene for?
0: All right. He said one shape like Michi X. Like I said, um, uh, when he disagrees with another black YouTuber, like there's a black YouTuber, uh, weird anti-Semitic light skinned black woman from Michigan, uh, that goes by the name, uh, Michi X on the internet. I think her name's Michelle. And, um, and yeah, like Michelle, she's a, uh, she's a chubby kid, you know, she's a chubby lady. And, uh, and he calls her bad built, you know, big back, bad built, you know, and, um, that's a regular thing. Uh, I wonder, I think he mentions her a couple more times just as a reference point here.
1: Who are they trying to appeal to with this scene? Dudes don't want to watch two hideous studs getting it in. I don't even think studs want to watch two hideous studs getting it in, two butch studs getting it in
0: other notice how yeah like no the the hetero man projects his sexuality and what he wants onto everything right he's like i don't want to see this so nobody does right so he's basically saying that somewhere out there there's a lesbian who just does not want to see these other lesbians in a sex scene because they don't look lesbian right they look like butch studs No, Tariq, it's not all about your penis, right? That's, again, men centering their own penises. Heterosexual women definitely don't want to watch that. So, who look good? So I'm thinking that's... And no, he said who look good. Heterosexual women who look good don't want to watch that. You realize this is a real thought? I, I can't even fucking break down or respond to that thought. It's too stupid... That may happen several times in this micro series I'm trying to build here, that he will say shit so fucking dumb that there is no response. So you're saying that black women that you find visually attractive won't want to see this because they're too pretty to like it. That's fucking stupid, man
1: theme is for they're pandering to some of these over the hill overweight out the game women who are lonely and they letting they're messaging to them hey even though you might be bad built and don't know nigga want you you can still probably get a stud think about getting you a stud
0: bad built woman th- okay so i sit corrected i don't stand corrected i'm in a chair i sit corrected as i fart into my pillow this is terrible the um <clears throat> I really am too right now so you know let's blow some, blow past the fourth wall if you will but uh because like I think uh when they typically uh ask that question who's this made for it's for white supremacists but no apparently it's for women that are unattractive to tr- make you want to be a lesbian too
1: is that what's happening out the game women. Who are lonely and they letting their messaging to them? Hey, mm-hmm. even though you might be bad built and don't know nigga want you, you can still probably get a stud. Think about getting you a stud,
0: bad built woman.
1: I think that's the message that
0: they're trying to give. And now, like as he says that, his chat room is lit up with laughing emojis from Anthony Walker, from Goddess Yamaya, Thor Anacosta, Fred Dud, Right Sherry Pool road ass everybody laughing ima this is so funny but again what's their ideology that all this gay stuff is them trying to wipe us out as a race by making us all gay but it's also very funny they're trying
1: to pander to the bad-built chick who can't get no man hey stop worrying about dudes there's studs out here you can get even if you bad built. this is a mess this is a mess, man.
0: Now, Tariq changes to a bit more of a somber tone to set up his uh his next segment here, right? He he's not the greatest um uh show host, uh showrunner, segment producer, but like you can tell where a segment break would be like if if it was professional. And my shit ain't that professional either, all right? Let's keep it all the way official. And he he Brings the tone right back down, right? Because now he's going to talk about Megan Good's character, a heterosexual woman. And this is going back to like, what's wrong with, uh, with heterosexual black male portrayal in these films and television programs. And he does not like the way they went about going toward, um, the attempted sex scene with the Megan Good character and her potential partner
1: oh god so anyway listen listen so again they got a scene in here where megan good she's a college professor she's a college professor and one of her students wants to get with her one of her students wants to get with her so her student He quit the class or whatever. So there was a scene where she was going to get with the male student. He's a heterosexual male. Listen, there's a heterosexual male. So she called him up. So they're going to get it in. They're going to get it in. So she's going to get it in with her heterosexual black male college student. So he goes over to the house. They get naked.
0: Now, notice that um, as he goes into this one, remember early in the episode, he talked about the um, the Himalayan folks and said that that's just about laying up with everybody this is a black woman who's about to just have a sexual encounter with someone that she's not serious about marrying or anything like that isn't this just laying up no this is getting it in as it were they get in the bed and family let me show
1: you a screenshot Family, I'm going to show you a, I'm just, I'm not going to play the scene. I'm going to show you a screenshot of the scene, ladies and gentlemen. This is a screenshot of the scene with Megan Good and her student in the bed.
0: And now, of course, his screenshot comes up on the screen and, uh, you have the male, uh, he's, uh, laid back on the, uh, on the bed and he's, uh, holding like the back of his thighs to hold his legs up, which, like, nigga, with all them abs, nigga, just hold your leg. you do not need your hands to hold your legs up, this nigga's in way too good a shit, like, I would have to do that, alright, I would have to, like, use extra fucking reach over around my own thigh, hold up thigh support, and so the male is, like, laid back on his back, and then is holding his legs, um, almost directly straight up in the air, and with, uh, Megan Good, um, at the edge of the bed toward him, all right? And this is this is very disturbing to this crowd. This is bad stuff.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is what they put on this damn show. She was about to look like go down on him. This nigga lifted up his boochie cat talking about, hey, take charge, come on, take charge. And then she looked like, oh, damn. Oh, well, you gotta go. This nigga, who's supposed to be heterosexual, he cracked open his boochie cat.
0: Now... I don't know if Tariq is playing fucking stupid or not. I legitimately don't. But I remember, shortly before I turned uh, 14 years old, I uh I got my hands on a VHS tape. It was a masterpiece movie. Um, Not I Got the Hookup. That was a little later. It was the movie I'm Bout It, right? Based off of his song Bout It, Bout It. And the Bout It Bout It remix uh, featuring uh, Mia X out of New Orleans. And in that movie, I'm Bout It, there is a scene where a black man is telling another black man about a sexual encounter where the uh, black woman, per, uh, like, perf- I, I, I don't know if there's a name for this sex act, but it's like oral sex on the anus. Which uh, apparently has gained a great deal of popularity in the uh, past half decade or so. And um, I, and he's telling the story and the other black man is not saying like, oh, you're an F word or you're a homophobic slur of this sort and that type and whatnot. They don't say any of that. He just tells the story and then says he farted and laughed. Like, and this was uh 1997 when this film was released like this was even before Tariq Nasheed was a failed rapper right like he wasn't even talking about who can't have a piece of his wee wee yet okay like this is not some new shit you know but like now if you go on the internet I don't even think you really have to look for it like you're gonna see somebody talking about mentioning eating ass right people have it on fucking there's bumper stickers there's car decals all right um i'm in i'm in one of those groups on the facebook it's called uh this isn't a vehicle it's a manifesto and a couple times a month there's gonna be the um i eat ass oh and then what people put under it this is wholesome like folks are out there doing that shortly diddly they are and this is not some new deal And so, but he shows that screenshot does not, he doesn't mention that at all to his audience. He just shows, oh, this looks gay. The man seems to be in a role where he is presenting his anus, therefore, gay bad. But also, isn't the character hetero? right, Family, this is what they're putting out. This is Harlem. This is the new Harlem.
1: We go from nicky barnes malcolm x adam clayton powell the harlem renaissance to Bucci cat oh whoa
0: wait the harlem Re- so hold, that, that was quite a jump in history right that was hold on Mal- malcolm x was uh jesus christ let, let, let's take a look here so Malcolm X was murdered in 1965 all right and right now it's 2021 there has been time in between that that he just skipped smooth the fuck over you know but then let's look at this though because Malcolm X has written in his own autobiography that he was a sex worker right and um and then this is the cold piece is when that information from his autobiography started to reach like more mainstream nerdy historians, niggas like Tariq Nasheed were very disgruntled with that. They didn't want to hear about Malcolm X was a sex worker. No, because that's like emasculating and whatnot. Okay. Uh, but Malcolm X, uh, he was also quoted by the person that they all love in these crowds. Dr. Francis Cress Welsing pointing out, that, uh, from her reading of Malcolm X's writings, Malcolm X talked about part of his sex work was, um, was what they call the cuckold thing, that white men wanted to see him, as Malcolm Little, Detroit Red, have sex with their wives or girlfriends. Like, that white men wanted to pay him to watch him have sex with white women that they were romantically sexually involved with. Now, right? So, like, When you're talking about Harlem's backstory and you might maybe mention heads like Malcolm X, you're talking about a sex worker, buddy chief. All right. And at this point, we're looking at 8.05 a.m. on this recording. So we're going to do a wee bit more and then we're just going to have to part two this shit because this is only 39 minutes and 39 seconds into Tariq Nasheed's um, whole episode which the whole episode is two hours and nine minutes, and we're gonna be combing through it, aren't we? Right here, ladies and gentlemen, is
1: everything you need to know about this series, guys. This is what you need to know about this filth. Man, and people are calling the writer out on this, as they should. Family, if y'all think there ain't no damn agenda at this point, you are just um, um, deliberately naive. Tracy Oliver, this
0: is something that Tracy Oliver wrote. Again, now notice he says it's an agenda. He pulled out this one show, and then they'll point to Billy Porter, and then they'll point to the... Um, uh, who Who were those folks? The, the dancers from out there in... Um, ah, out in Georgia, I think it is. The Prancing Elites. So, like, Billy Porter, this show, The Prancing Elites and uh Tyra Sanchez that was a big one for them um when RuPaul's Drag Race went from um went from what what was it the logo station and went on um uh one that that one tv network because that's apparently kind of like a kind of it's kind of a black centered station they play old episodes of Martin and whatnot and they got RuPaul's Drag Race uh, season two on there and that really uh, tripped out the homophobes. This type of
1: film, ladies and gentlemen, but people are really calling Tracy Oliver out because of a scene that she wrote that happened in a barber shop. And I want y'all to listen to this.
0: All right. And actually I think that's a good place to cut off because now we know where we're going to pick back up in the next one will be the barber shop scene. All right. Uh, and I'll let's do a little bit of lead into what the barbershop scene is and then we'll get to it. And this is where I may actually have to watch the goddamn episode myself as well. And the barbershop scene is, um, I guess I, I I don't know how the fictional character identifies, but maybe a queer black woman or a lesbian black woman. I don't know. Uh, Is uh, in the barber shop because they have a a low fade haircut, four C hair. So they're in a black male barber shop, typically uh, patroned by cisgender black men. And a black man walks in, um, yelling about a uh, sexual encounter he had, very obnoxiously. And um, one individual on the Twitter, they uh, they recorded the clip on their smartphone and uploaded it directly to the Twitter and um and they were like this just isn't realistic and uh what they don't get is that there's different places like again like your experience is not going to be everyone's and on top of that you haven't been everywhere and also you're not omnipresent you can't be everywhere all the time Right, you have no idea what the fuck folks that are not right in front of your face are doing right now. You don't know. You don't know what they're doing, you don't know what they're saying. Right? And uh like in my experience, I've never heard this shit in a barbershop, and I've been in black barbershops. I've been in black barbershops in one city in one state. <laughs> Alright? And in the black barbershops I've been in, they were essentially antisocial no one talked actually it's not just that everyone's being respectful with their speech no one's speaking we don't want to fucking talk to each other we're here on task we got to get a fucking haircut and get back to the rest of our day right we're annoyed right like the haircut thing is something that i don't feel like having to do but i have to fucking do it i got to come here and get a goddamn cut all right so i don't actually know these barbershops or what these muckers are saying You know, he's acting like obnoxious niggas don't exist. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll riff on that on the next one. At this point, 40 minutes and 26 seconds in to the episode, but I need to get down to the Atlas factory and go ahead and do like a, I don't know, like nine or 10 hour shift, whatever the fuck it is I'm doing. I'm just going to be there for a while. (laughs) Yeah. This job is so fucking weird. This janitor shit is really goofy. And probably because it's a very small company, right? It's a small company that does contracting in. And so they have no real standard to follow. Like, inventory came in. The boss didn't even ask me what was on the inventory sheet and what came in on the pallet. Did not ask for verification that he got everything he ordered and paid for. It's it's an absolute fucking clown house. And with that, we will head out. But we will be back to continue trying to figure out what the fuck is black empowerment to Tariq Nasheed and his audience.